0: For this podcast episode, I'm joined by Gary Gardner, who is Jack Titus's nephew. Gary, nice to speak to you. How are you?
1: Very well. Very well, Brett.
0: I'm going to assume that you're a Richmond supporter, by the way. Very much so. (laughs) Born and bred. All right. Born and bred. Excellent. That's good to know. To to connect the dots for those people listening, in the family tree of the Titus family, where do you slot in with your connection to Jack? That's a
1: a good question, uh, Brett. Um, Jack Titus married uh, Dulcie Jones, and Dulcie Jones, my mother, is her stepsister. My mother lost her mother at a very very early age, and she was brought up by Dulcie's mother, hence uh, the stepsister relationship. Um, and that got me into the Titus, uh, the Titus fold. Because I don't think Jack uh, and Dulcie themselves had children, did they? No, no. That's part I was going to mention that in my. In my uh I was treated as their spoiled um, son because they had no children. They both worked in the hotel, but very hard. Both both hard workers, um, and they uh, had no children. You're right.
0: So did, did Dulcie and Jack work together in the same hotel or separate hotel?
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, she did. The, she did the bottle shop and ladies' bar, and Jack did the, um, the you know the saloon bar, and. From recollection, I only used to ever see one or two other... You know, they had cleaners and cooks, but there was only ever one other person behind the jump. They worked, They both worked hard. Mm-hmm.
0: The um, When we talk about the pub, so which pub are we referring to here?
1: We're at the Limerick Castle Hotel, which is on the corner of Verrell Street and uh, Arden Street, North Melbourne. And uh, you probably know, Arden Street is where the North Melbourne... Football ground, uh, what is? Yep. And uh, that that was his bar was always adorned in uh, Richmond uh, paraphernalia, but he had a hell of a lot of North Melbourne uh, drinkers come in and uh, have you know have a bit of a chat and uh, put some muck on the Tigers. And they were good days when Richmond played North Melbourne at Arden Street. He <laughs> was he was in enemy territory. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> normally, if you're a Richmond player, you own a pub. It's normally in Richmond, like the Ball yeah, Clues Cameron, or something like well that. We had
1: one in Richmond. I can't remember the name. It had one near the Richmond Station, and I just remember that. So that would have been back in the or oh, early fifties, uh, and then sold that and bought this one in North Melbourne. And the North Melbourne one was the last one he had, and when he he passed away at the North Melbourne Hotel, unfortunately, nineteen seventy eight.
0: He did, and the the reports indicate that there was an incident earlier in that afternoon, and then he passed yeah, away was, that it afternoon.
1: Wasn't na- it wasn't nasty, but maybe we didn't. I was I was probably I was like youngish. I was twenty twenty five. That's not youngish, but um, so maybe we were kept from the truth. But I understood it was just a, an altercation, and I think he had a massive heart attack just uh, in some overexertion excursion, over exertion, and said, "Well, come on, you're going out." Yeah. Um, there was no, uh, you know, blood or attacks yeah. or anything like that. There was no charges ever laid, and he just died uh, from a heart attack.
0: Look, I mean, it, it could it could possibly have been that he he would have had a heart attack anyway, you know. Yeah,
1: at, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, well, he was seventy. It was seventy-one. 71. Right. Was he? Was he? Yeah, because your... I'm not past that now. <laughs> oh, right.
0: Was he um, Was he in good health, from your memory, before
1: that? Yeah. Like, yeah, did, he, he, did well, he smoke or drink? No, no. well, he never smoked, and unusually, which I always tell, tell people, and uh, he, went, he used to come down to our place in Werribee and catch up with my old footy mate, and he'd come over to my place for a, a beer, and they just couldn't understand how this Jack Titus from the hotel uh, wouldn't have a beer, but he never <laughs> let alcohol go near his uh, um, his, his lips. Or cigarettes, and uh, used to have a glass of glass of milk was uh, was his treat, you know. <laughs> a glass of unbelievable. milk, unbelievable.
0: <laughs> How about Dulcie?
1: Dulcie, good drinker, beer, <laughs> big heavy beer, yeah. Beer. She was a good and, and a smoker, heavy smoker.
0: Oh right, okay. Yeah,
1: you're right. That's just incredible. <laughs> that, is, that era. <laughs>
0: so your your memory of Titus. Does it sort of start in the the late 50s or the early 60s or more sort of Well, I'm not going
1: back. Well, my, my most impressive... Uh, I was a very impressive, impressive... No, not impressive, but an influential uh, 10-year-old. <laughs> and I've got 15 years of uh, memories of that era. Back in... I'm uh, going back to sort of 1956, which is sort of 60... I'm now 75, so 64 years ago. My treat was... Uncle Jack used to take me to the football every Saturday, every Saturday. And it used to be a day's excursion for me because I lived in Sunshine. Mm. So I'd either catch the train across to North Melbourne Station and then walk from North Melbourne up to Errol and Arden Street or my father would drop me off at the hotel around about 12 o'clock. I'd go into the ladies' lounge and sit there with the ladies with their big red lipsticks and drinking their pins and shandies. <laughs> And I'd have a lemonade and a sandwich, which would be my lunch. And then Jack would come out about 12:30 and say, "Okay, guys, come on into the car, and off we'd head to Punt Road." And that was just the treat of my life. And those those impressionable years from 56 to 60, I had five or six years at the old Punt Road uh, Oval. We used to sit in the front row of the punt uh, our uh, grandstand with the committee, other and committee and coaches, etc. Jack used to go out into the ground at quarter time and three quarter time and into the rooms at half time. I never went at half time, but after the game, we'd all go uh, down into the rooms, and that was just unbelievable uh, the liniment smell, the atmosphere. And to put it into some perspective, the heroes of my year then, i I'm talking about Ronnie Branton, <laughs> our Brownlow medalist Roy Wright, and Desi Rowe. <laughs> So that's that's just in my mind, and they are as vivid as yesterday. And, you know, and and it brings back memories of, therefore, the old Punt Road Oval, and I was fortunate enough to meet, because I was there five or six years, and being a little 10-year-old, I probably had a sparkle in my eye, and I can still recall Charlie Callender. Oh, yes. Now, Now, you can't say Charlie Callender's name too quickly, because he was the property steward from 1924... Until 1986, which is unbelievable. <laughs> Very strict with his gear etc. But as I said, I must have had a twinkle in my eye because over that period, I never went without a football. If I ever had an inclination to say, "Oh, Charlie, you know, um, my old footies," uh, a bit, I'd always uh, he'd always handball me a ex-Richmond uh, football, oh. and I still remember my first pair of football boots came from Charlie Calendar. I never, ever believed I'd be able to wear them because, again, as a 10 or 11-year-old, it looked like they were the size of boots that Roy Wright would have worn. Huge boots with the big leather studs of, you know, that I used to have the five sections of leather cut into a triangle. Anyhow, I took them home. and I ended up wearing them in my later days of uh, football. But I I just had some fantastic memories um, of the actual rooms The other thing that comes to mind is the tiger skin on the boardroom table. Again, because I was a 10 or 11-year-old child to see this full-length tiger, big head, sitting on the boardroom table, and it was used in lots of um, official functions. As a matter of fact, it draped Uncle Jack's uh, coffin in 1978 when he was uh, buried. Um, And the other thing that I was just thinking of when I was waiting for your call Jack used to always have to have a bow tie on. And he was appointed uh, coach. Link Smith passed away. And uh, Jack Titus was appointed coach in 1965. And he would have been 57. Mm. And he naturally wasn't in uh, shorts and uh, T-shirts and <laughs> footy boots. And there's a footy in there, a photo in the Herald Sun. He used to always have a little Australian terrier dog. Mm-hmm. And there's a photo of him... And I'm sure he was on the training track in uh, 1965, and the Herald Sun caught him and had this funny photo. This little, little tiny dog, his head poking out of his gabardine overcoat, and he's on the training track training with uh, <laughs> the team. It was incredible. And then another photo I I've got that uh, he perched the dog. He let the dog sit on the head of the tiger. And I can remember that got into the Herald Sun. Did the dog have a name? There's Clooney. Clooney. I never, I never understood where Clooney has came from. has to be from. like Rosemary
0: Clooney or something, perhaps.
1: Yeah, it could have been. They were into, Well, they were. They were ballroom dancers. The selfie and Jack. Very good. You know, I reckon they won Victorian awards for ballroom dancing.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Maybe that. Maybe
0: that. We've we solved the Clooney. Uh, question I think. (laughs) Your memories of um, Jack are very vivid because my father was playing when Titus uh, took over as coach from Smith, Len Smith. It was um, uh, Len Smith's last game as coach was my father's first game.
1: Was he there? Was Len Smith
0: there when your dad was there? Yes, well well, dad was started in 65 and that was that was Lynn's last game as coach at the start of that season, and then
1: yeah. Titus has ah. taken over
0: for that rest of that season.
1: Ah. Well, and, well, I was just going through. You probably realise your father still holds. I was going through Jack Titus's uh, records, etc. You know, nine hundred hmm. and seventy goals and two hundred and ninety-four games, and he he had uh, fourteen represent uh, fourteen Victorian games with uh, yeah. the Victorian team. Your dad still holds a record of twenty.
0: <laughs> well, you've just got to—you've got to be in the right spot at the right time too.
1: <laughs> but your memory—that'll <laughs> be, that'll, that'll be a never be broken. That's that that record'll never be broken. Well, it's
0: a shame that Victorian games aren't aren't no, played anymore. But I was saying that it, uh, f- my dad remembers the first time he really met Titus was Titus okay. comes out to take training, and he says he's wearing his football gear. And he, oh, yeah. and he tottles yeah. down the race. Here's yeah. this man who, you know, Dad thought looked probably much older than he was. Yeah. Uh, and he just couldn't believe it. That here was the Jack Titus, still in his shorts and his footy top. And his <laughs> boots. You know, maybe with his false teeth as well and all that sort of thing. And just, you know, and other players I've spoken to at the time absolutely remember the little dog. And sometimes it was always yeah. in the coat pocket of Dyer. Sort of thing.
1: He never went anywhere without the dog. And he used to go into the, the car. He used to sit up on the seat, curled around the back of Jack's head. You know.
0: <laughs> and the uh,
1: <laughs> what car did Jack
0: drive? Do you remember?
1: A Holden. Always a Holden. Right. And uh, and uh, matter of fact, my father was fortunate enough to get a couple of. I will say fortunate. Jack was a pretty heavy driver. <laughs> So maybe his cars weren't good buys, but he used to change his car every two to three years. And I can remember Dad uh, got one of Jack uh, Jack's, Jack's uh, cars, but they were always old.
0: Gosh, hey, th- th- there was a little bit of footage on YouTube where Jack Titus is interviewed by on World of Sport. Um, yeah, been that by uh, Lou Richards. Yeah, Lou Richards and Bob Davis and Jack Dyer. And the the one thing that you you take from that footage is that he seems to be, I was going to say not shy, but sort softly spoken, very reserved. Was was that sort of is that is that an a clip example of what he, he was like?
1: He wasn't the guy that you would see uh, fit into a, a hotel bar room. You know, he would have been fun behind the bar, but he wouldn't he wouldn't have been an instigator of. Uh, discussions or whatever, he always gives you the time of day and uh, people obviously want to talk football and he was a wealth of information about football, but he was a very reserved, quiet person.
0: Yeah, so so like in the, in the footage there, it's a good example of what he was exactly. on, on camera, off exactly. camera, yeah.
1: I, I can remember every Sunday, Jack ended up chairman of selectors and again, back in this uh, 50s to 60s, um, he used to go uh, to the VFA every Sunday, so 24-7 he was into football, and to keep the family together, including his wife, we used to, we lived in Sunshine, and we'd pick Dulcie up every Sunday without fail and go across to our grandma's. Where does grandma live? Mary Street, Richmond, of course. and <laughs> <laughs> And we'd pick Dulcie up, take her to Mary Street, Richmond, and then Jack's obviously gone to Port Melbourne or Yarraville or uh, somewhere to watch a, a VFA team to see what possibilities of recruits are coming. And then we used to have some fantastic footy discussions uh, over the dinner table with, um, when he'd come back and talk about who he'd seen or what he'd done. So we are I, I don't know, I just really loved that era. I just felt so... Honoured uh, to be a part of it And people, when um, you talk about I'm relating, you know, I'm Jack, uh, Jack uh, Trotter's nephew Oh, geez, he was famous, wasn't he? He was famous Let me just talk about Roycey Hart. Um, Hart yeah. uh, People mightn't be aware But 1965, the uh, Australian Government Introduced National Service and what the rules were, when you turned uh, 20, your birthday went into a barrel, and if your birthday came out, you were called up for two years after turning the age of 20. So this was in 1965. So um, I was um, 20 in uh, 1965. Hmm. I was studying my accountancy, and Roy Hart uh, was a bit younger than me. He was born in 1948. So he had uh, three years on me, but we ended up, because um, they, the government gave people that were doing some studies, I was studying accountancy, and they gave me three years' deferral. Mm. And to be honest, between you and me, I just hoped that the deferral <laughs> would keep going and they'd forget about Gary Gardner. But not to be, they ended up calling me in uh, 1969. So I was four years later, and that's when Royce was called up. Right. And we both ended up in the same company at Pacapanyul, uh, and in the same hut. So we became good <laughs> mates only for a ten week. You know, we we we're not we couldn't show in mates uh, now, but we're in the same uh, hut, and I know how he used to, you know, very oh, I don't assume He would never know if he was the champion footballer or is, and I still reckon, uh, arguably, he's probably still the best uh, footballer that pulled on a Richmond Guernsey... And in saying that though, if Dustin Martin gives us a couple more years at his brown low best, then I think he might tip Royce Um That was a, a great experience just to be rubbing shoulders with him and uh, doing some hard yards. With Pakapanyal, those 10 weeks, you are treated like dirt. Yeah. I didn't care who he was, he had to still do his push-ups and uh, walk up the uh, hills, etc., etc. And then another highlight was I caught up with Royce in uh, at the Grand Final, 1974 Grand Final, which is four or five years after we have done our national service. Jack uh, got tickets for me and my mate, and I'm a 28-year-old now, and uh, he said, look, if we win, I'll try and get you into the rooms. And he said, look, the best bit for you guys to do is just come up the race. Well, I didn't realise what it would be like. You know, I guess a hundred thousand people at the MCG, and I walk up the race, and there's ninety nine thousand people trying to get up the <laughs> up the race. And I finally uh, found uh, found Jack, and he's pushing pushing his forward, pushing forward, and gets to the door, and there's a big uh, bruiser guy on the door, and he said, "Okay, Jack, come on in, you come." And then we sort of trail in after him. No, 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 no. Anyway, they said, no, no, Jack said, they're okay. No, these two boys are fine. They with three. Uh-huh. So that was fantastic to walk in there, and Roy Hart uh, just won the grand final. And I walked over and reminded him of uh, who I was. And we had a good old chat. And uh, he spun around and showed me his back. And he had stock marks from the top of his shoulder blade down to the top of his shorts, where someone had taken a, a specky. Um. Yeah. So there were just some fantastic. Um, Memories and fantastic eras And uh, with Jack Fortunately we had from about 1955 To 1978 when he died 23 years I've worked out uh, I call, I've called it footy bliss Where we never had to worry about where our finals Series tickets were coming from <laughs> <laughs> He used to always get us at least two And that, that's, that's it's so spoiled. When you think about today How it hard it is to get Tickets today. We were safe for perhaps 20, so for to have twenty-three years of just. How many do you want, guys? You know, give me the money and away you go. <laughs> Fantastic. We
0: should also, and we should also mention um, uh, Dulcie. So, um, Dulcie was born Dulcie Moore Jones, and she yep. married Jack in nineteen thirty-five at Saint Bartholomew's. I was Church. trying to
1: guess. I was trying to guess that. I didn't have the wedding date. I've got, I've got wedding photos, but uh, October nineteenth, nineteen
0: thirty-five.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Now,
0: uh, Jack's teammate, uh, Jack's best man was Eric Zech. Um, and uh, Joe Murdoch, who I had spoken to and, and have met, uh, was the groomsman. Uh, and um, uh, Dulcie's um, uh, bridesmaid was uh, one of her sisters, Adelaide. Yep. T- Adelaide yep. Titus. And um, Jay Murphy was matron of honour. Dulcie, um, would I be right? Did Dulcie pass away not long after Jack?
1: Yeah, yeah. She moved like um, right so in the, the hotel, naturally, when um, yeah. Jack passed away. And then Dolce bought a little little single front at home uh, in Richmond, right near the Richmond Overpass, where the train goes over, um, you know, that area of Richmond. Yeah. But she didn't last long at all. It was one of those marriages, I think, where they were, you know, as I said, they both worked side-by-side side in the hotel. Had no family, so they just used to live in each other's pockets. <laughs> they'd uh, have lunch together because would, you know, be, they'd have lunch in the bar, and uh, the, well, the cook would cook some meals in the kitchen. Yeah. And I just think uh, she died of, a, of um, missing Jack. She she wasn't a sick lady, um, and I can't I can't remember any I can't remember seeing any diagnosis or anything. Yeah. I think she just died. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it had a heart attack. That's a good point. I haven't thought about it. But it wasn't for It was only probably two or three years after Jack died. Yeah, yeah.
0: If you were were to to close your eyes, Gary, um, take us through what the Limerick Hotel looked like. If you walk in the front.
1: Well, I used to be able to walk in the... the, There there were two doors, the... There was a, a well, let's call it the homestead. It was a big two-storey uh, hotel on the corner, and the far right-hand corner, which is the North Melbourne Football Ground corner, let's call it. Yep. Um, that was the front door into the homestead. Now you walk in there, and the thing you just walk straight into was a set of stairs that took you up to the bedrooms. Right. Now Jack Jack and Dulcie. Had their, their bedroom and ensuite, or what well, wasn't ensuite, bathrooms up there, and there was often uh, boarders oh, right. um, that, that uh, lived in the hotel, and they probably charged them, you know, twenty dollars a week or whatever to stay there. And then once you walked in that front door, turn to the right, you go into the lounge room, which was not the hotel's lounge room, but the homestead's lounge room, and out the back into a kitchen. And uh, but that was where Dulphi and Jack used to live virtually and then coming back to the front door if you turn left, you end up into the, the, the hotel area right. so then you put at the hotel the hotel had two doors one right on the corner of Errol and Arden Street one around the corner in Errol Street that went into the bottle shop <laughs> and it was a little only a small bottle shop. Um, Never, never a full-time person in there. It was only Jack or Dulcie would uh, walk in from the bar or the ladies' lounge to serve you if he wanted to go get a bottle in the bottle shop. Um, and uh, there's memorabilia everywhere. Oh. You know, the, behind the bar, photos, uh, trophies, stuffed tigers. Uh, yeah. Was it? <laughs> it, was, 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 it his,
0: was it off yeah, his? Was it his memorabilia? Sorry, was it his memorabilia?
1: Yeah, yeah. We ended up. Well, we, we got um we got a fair bit. matter of like my brother we uh, they had an old tiger, and Dulcie had stuck um oh what would you call them premiership badges? Not not just premiership badges, but you know Richmond Football Club badges. They're only the size of a ten cent piece. Sure. Good, good, solid. I
0: know thing. the ones. Yep
1: you know not not a not a pressed tin or anything and she used to pin these things all over this uh, tiger and my brother um, put it into a frame a, a, a decent a depth frame you know the frame's probably 3 or 4 inches deep mm. and uh, and we put a bit of memorabilia in there out of the bar so he still got that up in um, in Brisbane but it's got a lot of memorabilia and uh, I think membership tickets from uh, Richmond et cetera. Because um, I just, you know, he was Jack was made a life member, and I just realised he was play- He's still playing. He was made a life member in 1935. Yes. So maybe they have regulations that once you get a, I don't know, 150 games or it was probably a, uh, probably games. a 10
0: year rule or something like that. I would suspect.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, just another th- another thing that uh, People probably remember that I'm going back now 80 years And I can't go back <laughs> With much authority for 80 years Because I'm only 75 years of age But I think it's a funny story And a true story That only has been passed down by um, History uh, Jack with his hotel Background, he loved to loved to Gamble, loves to bet, loves to put a, a wager on, not a, He wasn't a big better, but he he was a regular better. Hmm. And uh, he used to, the story goes that he used to get his rub down and uh, make sure on the way to the ground he picked up the footy record. And in those days, the footy record, as you know, was only, uh, what, six, I can't talk metric, six inches by four inches. He'd fold the footy record and put it down the front of his socks. Because in that era, I'm talking back in the 60s, 50s and 60s,
0: the uh, VFL
1: used to put the race results on the scoreboard. Right. And it used to say race 5, 1, three, nine. Oh, yes. And uh, quite often, like the story goes where the fullback or anyone, hey, Jack, Jack, yeah, who, 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 who was that? Who won the fourth race? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jack would go into his sock and pull out the folded and that was rising fast.
0: <laughs> While he was on that's the field?
1: A, that's a true story, yeah. That's, that's, have you heard that?
0: I've heard um, later stories involving um, Sal Murray, who was a full forward for Richmond and North,
1: yeah. who,
0: who also did a similar thing, so it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Now, well, I've, I've got a, I've got some cut and paste stuff I do every time I see something about Jack Titus and I don't know where I get it from uh, now, but uh, it's been a few times I've seen that where... Uh, you know, the full-back would say, uh, you know, hey, Titus, who was that? Who ro- who won the fifth race? They've, <laughs> they've got a bet in the fifth race. Of course. But they don't know a fine number. They just know, oh, I backed Rising Fast in the fifth race. Gosh. So they want to know who won. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just an just a, a, just a un- incredible different era. <laughs> did you did you call him Uncle or Jack? Yeah, always Uncle. Yeah, no, until he's... He, yeah, I don't... Would, I think that was just our upbringing, Brett. Um I was never a first name person. Um and even if like, Jack died at 71, at uh, age uh, 71, I was, uh, 40, I was, uh, 30, 35. It was still, Uncle, it was still Uncle Jack. I was, it was never Jack. But that was just the way my parents brought me up, that there was respect for Age.
0: Did you have? Uh, did you come across many Richmond players who would come into the pub?
1: Um, only, only late, late, in the, in the, in the pub, late in the lifestyle when, uh, when he sold the, the hotel to. Now you can probably help me here. Oh, uh, yes.
0: Was, um, was it Kevin Morris? Kevin Morris. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Kevin Morris. Um, that's that, that's one of the only ones that I can recall i met a few North Melbourne uh, Players uh, There Because as is, You know When I'm there On these Saturdays I'm in the ladies lounge And I You know I wasn't Well I don't say I wasn't allowed <laughs> But uh, I would never Have strayed Into the bar um, So I'm only Only there For an hour 45 minutes Or so Waiting for Jack to come And pick me up To go So, But I just remember Looking across In through the window You could see Into the Lounge and I'd see
0: a North Melbourne player, etc. Just incredible memories. And h- how lucky um, you were um, to be able to share those experiences with Jack and then oh, also to yeah. have these memories still is just... We're, en- <laughs> we're envious in a sense.
1: I, I still, my, like I'm, I'm now 75, and this this time, the, the the day I said we went to 1974 Grand Final, my mate that I took, he's the same age as me, of course, and he's still today as vivid as bugger, he said, Gary, do you realise how lucky we were to be in those rooms in 1974? Um, And you don't. You, well, I do realise, but um, he's never, never forgotten it, and he's also met... Jack kind of said he came down and uh, one of my birthdays at, uh, when we were living in Werribee mm. and uh, had a beer. Sorry, you know, Murray's having a beer with me and think uh, like I told you, he just couldn't understand how Jack... Hey, what do you want, Jack? Want a beer? I'll get a beer for you. No, no, mate, no, I don't have beer. And he told quite a few um, stories because, you know, going back to his record, he held for uh, 204 consecutive mm. games. I remember often saying... Don't tell me there weren't stages the, in the two hundred and four games where you uh, shouldn't have played, mm. and you wouldn't be allowed to play today. Like even with these you know, like concussion, you're out if you get a knock on the head now. And I'm sure, and he said, well, I've got to tell you, we were playing for five bob a week. You know, <laughs> I wasn't going to tell him I had a bloody twisted ankle, or I wasn't going to tell him I had a probably problem in my hamstring, whatever, but because I would never have got, you know, I don't know how Jimmy Steins did it to be honest, because he was in the modern, the modern era. That was just incredible when he uh, mm. he beat Jack's record, and I must admit I I, I felt part of it. And in that era, not in '96, is when Jimmy Steins broke Jack's uh, record. He did uh, Jimmy Steins created 205 consecutive games. And that era, I had a mate, Spike Harris, who was the team manager at Melbourne. (laughs) And I I was going every uh, Pancake Friday to see the Demons play, because he used to get us in to the rooms and uh, uh, et cetera. And I went over to um, Jimmy Steins and congratulated him and, uh, you know, congratulated him for passing on the the record or getting Jack's uh, record. So I felt... Uh, I don't know, it's just part of it But it's just an incredible figure And
0: Did you introduce yourself teams, to, to Did you introduce yourself to Jimmy And say who you were?
1: Yeah, I did, I did Because I yeah.
0: he, he would have heard He probably would have heard about um, Titus by that stage Because it was such a big thing That he was achieving was that feat It was happened, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, It's a bit like when any records come up they, There's a bit of publicity leading up to it And they did a feature The Week or so before of Jack Titus and a feature of uh, Jimmy Stein. and it was it was made quite a quite a, a big thing, you know.
0: Well, uh, Gary, I've appreciated the conversation with you, and I'm so glad well,
1: loved it. <laughs> we we're able to get some memories I down. I didn't know how I'd go. My wife, I, I went to bed last night, <laughs> and my wife said, "I'll be there soon," and she came in, and I was laying in bed doing exactly as I'm doing now. And I was talking aloud. And she said, What are you doing? I said, I'm just rehearsing for bread. <laughs> <laughs> and she can hear me out in the lounge room.
0: You should have taken Jack's advice and just had a had a glass of milk.
1: <laughs> that that might have been the solution. Up. No, no, no. so here. we'll
0: end the conversation there officially and I'll thank you very much for your time. So thank you again, Gary.
1: Thank you very much, Fred.